and welcome back everyone to just another day in sports. My name is Justin Berger and we have got plenty of storylines to get to. Filling in for Keezer is Sam Dykema and of course we still have Doug Watley in studio. Gentlemen, let's start with some college football talk today. We got a lot going on. We didn't get to go on last week for a variety of reasons, but um, we had some great rivalry football games, specifically the Iron Bowl, Ohio State absolutely squashed Michigan. Um, and now last week we had the conference championship. So give me your thoughts on the last two weeks. Well, to start off, uh, you know, all the games, the past two weeks have been great. Uh, a lot of great football uh, that we haven't really seen as much earlier in the season, but the last two weeks it picked up a lot. IU, that's the one team that I really that caught my eye. Uh, you know, when they played Michigan, they looked a little bit down. They were injured a lot of the time, so that kind of hurt them. But then once they got back and they played Purdue in a game that they haven't won uh, for two years now, and so for them to get over that hump and, and finish the game in overtime, that was really special for them. So I think that's the big thing for me to stand that stuck out, but just overall great football. Yeah, I mean, IU beating Purdue was uh, was huge. I think that's the exclamation point we needed on the regular season, and it kind of propels us to what I think is probably another echelon of bowls in, in the Gator Bowl, um, which is super exciting for the program and playing a, a pretty good SEC school, at least a surging one in Tennessee. So definitely happy with the Hoosier performance, and I think the other notable performance, like you talked about, was just the domination Ohio State has continued to hold over Michigan and Harbaugh and how that's going to play out the rest of the season. And I just want to touch on that because, I mean, if, you, if you're Michigan, if you're Jim Harbaugh, what do you do? You, I mean, this was the year. Like, Urban Meyer's gone. The curse is over. You got Ryan Day, who's never coached a big game in his life. And you still lose by, I think, what, like 35, something like that? They finished nine and three again. They're going to a mediocre bowl game again. Do you just keep, you know, you keep doing this, getting nine or ten wins every year and never having a shot for the national championship, or do you move on from Harbaugh? What's your plan if you're Michigan? You move on. Well, if you're Michigan, you stay with Harbaugh. If you're Michigan, you stay with Harbaugh. If you're Harbaugh, and there's an open job that's attractive to you in the NFL, there's no reason not to take it. You know, you came to Michigan, you, you've you won a lot of games, you haven't won the big games, but, you know, the NFL, they'll pay you more. It's uh, You have more help around that. You don't have to recruit as much. So it's a different job, but, you know, he's had a lot of success in the NFL already. Obviously, he tried college. It worked sometimes, sometimes it didn't. If Harbaugh, if he's ready to move back to the NFL, I think it's time. Yeah, I think I think Harbaugh could definitely make the move back to the NFL. He's definitely got the coaching pedigree to do it. I think the thing that he likes about Michigan is that he's got the control. He's like he's yeah. a control guy, and I think he likes to have his hands in everything. And I think that doesn't go over well in every NFL franchise. It doesn't some. I think Belichick has a lot of that in New England, but he's got to find the right fit in the NFL. I don't think him just going to any old job this offseason is going to be the one to, to to draw him away necessarily. Yeah, and if you look at Michigan's season this year, it really was not bad. They had three losses on the year. One was at Wisconsin when Wisconsin were playing very, very well in the early parts of the season. Their second loss was at Penn State, another great team in the Big Ten. And then versus Ohio State, sure is at home, but this Ohio State's on a different level this year. So, it's not like it's a failed season for Harbaugh. Like obviously he wanted more, but the things that he's done, he's still nine and three. They're still the fourteenth ranked team. But you can't like I mean, you can rationalize that all you want, but it's Michigan. They expect different things. And in yeah. all honesty, like if you're if you're in Michigan and you think you're back to that premier level, you should be beating Wisconsin every year. Like you theoretically, you should be better than a Wisconsin team. Well, you certainly should make. Uh, Rose Bowl. Like yeah. I, I don't yeah. think I don't think Michigan is necessarily ever going to be. I think you've heard it in, amongst national media. I don't think they're necessarily ever going to be the Ohio State, the Alabama, the year after year program. But they expect ten wins and they expect to be playing for close to a, at least competing for a Big Ten championship. It's different in these days because the the East is just so stacked. Mm-hmm. But at least have the chance to be that team that, that maybe goes to the Rose Bowl or something, like have a win over the team playing in the the runner-up of the championship game or something. And, and that's really where Michigan, I think, needs to take the step forward, and they, they haven't done it. 
I'm done talking about Michigan. Yeah. Just, they bore me as a program. I do, before we talk about conference championship games, I want to talk about the Iron Bowl because that was one of the best games we've seen all season. Um, I had the pleasure of being on the planes for that game, and it the atmosphere was incredible. Bama came in really cocky, even without Tua Tagovailoa. Mac Jones played a really, really great game, but we finally saw this Auburn defense make plays when they need to, even though they let up 45 points. They play. They made plays when they need to. Bo Nix did just enough, and uh, Auburn or Auburn forced Alabama to make enough mistakes to win this game by three. And it should be noted that Gus Malzahn absolutely outcoached Nick Saban, at least in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean a 48-45 game. It's one of the best Iron Bowls we've seen probably since the Chris Davis return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Auburn, they showed them that obviously. Alabama didn't have Tua, but Auburn showed that they're for real. You know, they had a good season on the year. It's just the SEC is so packed. The three losses or the Auburn has the best three losses in football, in, football. in my opinion. Yes, mm-hmm. it's against Florida, it's against LSU, and it's against Georgia. Three top ten teams. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? Obviously, you want to get to that next level and be in that group with the Alabama and the LSU. But for this season and leading into next season, it's definitely not a disappointment for Auburn. Not at all. I think. I think any time that they can they can get a win in the Iron Bowl, like yeah, it's it sucks to have the losses that you pick up amongst this SEC slate. But Auburn, if they they can take down Alabama at the end of the year, it's a success. And and Alabama was already, you know, I think probably out of the playoff the way things shook out. But that put the nail in the coffin without a doubt. I just think what's so interesting to me is just watching this game. Alabama's got three first round pick pass catchers in. Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, and uh, Jer- Jerry Judy. And, like, you don't see that that often on a college program, but Alabama, you're starting to get used to it. Um, if you are Nick Saban, if you're Alabama, and they're going to, what, the Citrus Bowl? Or they got Michigan. In the Citrus Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is obviously 10-2 and two for most programs. You're throwing your hands in the air. You're ecstatic. But for Alabama, this is just a huge disappointment of a year. What do you do next year? Tua coming back is a question mark. Most people think he's going to go to the NFL, but he's, I mean, he really messed up his hip this season. So he may decide to come back. What do you, what do you see next year being like for the Crimson Tide? Well, next year, I don't really expect too much difference. If Tua comes back, obviously that's a big boost. But even if he doesn't, Mac Jones has shown that he can be a capable quarterback. And, you know, they, they've lost two games. They lost at Auburn and versus LSU. Two like not even bad losses when you look at it. Obviously, games that Alabama fans think that they should win every time, but this roster is still going to be good. They still have Nick Saban. They still have the fan base. It's still going to be Alabama next year. But just I'll just say, seeing a number thirteen next to Alabama's name as their ranking is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah. like like I'm dreaming. It's weird. It's really weird. I mean, in Alabama, I think I echo what Doug said. I think they're they're a team that you know they don't recruit. They reload. And they'll be back. Um, I I think the SEC is really good. I think it's caught up a little bit to Alabama. I don't know if that's permanent, but this year it's definitely true. Um, Auburn's been really good the last couple of years. Uh, LSU's been really good the last couple of years. Like they're producing really good NFL talent in the SEC, and that, that's not anything from the usual. But it seems like it's it's more dispersed a little bit yeah i mean ella we're going to talk about lsu in a few minutes because of what they did to georgia this weekend but they even in the less miles era when they weren't you know winning 11 games every year they were still consistently producing the best nfl talent on a year-to-year basis out of the sec um in my opinion let's uh let's move to um Let's move to the conference championships. Uh, another Wisconsin beat the crap out of Minnesota in the two weeks ago, which was an impressive game. And Minnesota team kind of fell back to the media, and they still won ten games. And um, you know, got to be good. PJ Flex going to get a big, big time job sometime soon. You have to it. imagine. Um, all right, conference championships. A lot of good ones. Let's start. Let's go chronologically. Pac-12 championship on Friday night. Oregon and Utah. A really shitty game. Disappointing. Like Utah Disappointing. Just blew it. Like we expected this defensive skirmish in Utah. I what happened? I really liked Utah all year. Like I had watched a couple games from them and I was super disappointed. And I like I really liked Oregon too, to be honest. I like I think both the Pac twelve teams are, are a little bit underrated. They don't get a ton of viewership. But 
Utah just laid an egg. Yeah. I mean, and I think it was a little bit like Oregon has has more of a program been on that yeah. stage before. I think they, they showed that they were just ready to come out and ready to win a conference championship. Utah, I think, is still trying to build that program into something that isn't intimidated by a big stage. Yeah, and you could tell as soon as the game started, when you went into halftime, it was 20 to nothing Oregon. And Utah didn't have any really offense up to that point. Tyler Huntley turned it on a little bit in the third quarter, got 15 points there. But Oregon, I think it's more of a credit to Oregon than it is a defect on Utah. You know, Justin Herbert looked fine. Uh, CJ Verdell, he's going to be a star. And he had 200-plus rushing yards, three touchdowns on the day. He just looked very, very good. Also, this Utah, it's a good season for them. But they were, if they won this game, they would have made the playoff. And it was that close. They came that yeah. close. So obviously they're disappointed, but they were that close to being in the top four. So good season for them as well. Oh, the progression that Oregon's made since, you know, the post-Chip Kelly era where they were going. They, Coach Chip Kelly there was there for four years, and he was in a BCS Bowl every year. Um, then they had Helfrich, who just kind of piggybacked off of Chip Kelly for two years and really then turned out to be a terrible head coach. And then they had Taggart for one year. Now we're on year two of Cristobal, eight and four in year one, which is pretty good for a year one coach. And now he's eleven and two, and he's got his team going to the Rose Bowl. So I like what I'm seeing out of Mario Cristobal a lot. And it wasn't even without Justin Herbert, really. Yeah. Like, he was fine, but it was other ways. And then the defense to come out and hold Utah, which is a good offense, to zero points in the first half of a conference championship is saying something. Well, and something that I think is really telling about that game is, you know, you talked about CJ Verdell. He had an absolute monster of a game on the on the ground and Cristobal is you know an offensive line guy kind of from his background we don't see outside of Stanford we don't see offensive lines like that in the Pac-12 and they moved what we've heard all week is a NFL defensive front in Utah they moved them around at will in that first half I mean absolutely just pushed bullied them around like Herbert like you said barely had to be there they were just running they're ripping off gains every time they've handed it off running good misdirection and kind of imposed their will and I think took Utah out of it pretty early. Ohio State-Wisconsin, Wisconsin blew it. Ohio State's really good. Probably a little bit of both. But did Wisconsin, yeah, I don't know if Wisconsin blew it necessarily. I mean, you got a 21-7 to lead at halftime, you blew it. Yeah. 14 point, I mean, even in college football, But it's Ohio State. This team's on a different pedestal. than That is what this game proved to me for Ohio State, that like they are just really, really good. Um, We knew they were good, but this team's got a chance, and you know we got we got a real chance to see LSU Ohio State in the national championship, and that could be one of the best games we've ever seen. It, I think, yeah, it's special. <laughs> it would be awesome. And you know, you look at Ohio State, 34-21 over Wisconsin it was the first time that they were down at half this season, so they were tested. And obviously against Penn State, it was a back and forth game a little bit, but this is really, in my opinion, the first real test for Ohio State, and it's what they needed because. If they were just going to glide into the playoff, I think that would have hurt them. But a test like a good Wisconsin team with a solid defense, one of the best running backs in the nation, and Jonathan Taylor, yeah. it, it's going to set them up better than if it was just a 40-10 to you know 10 blowout that did not really put them to the test in the second half. I think it was good for them to have a test, especially uh, for Coach Day especially, being in the first like big you know something-on-the-line game. I mean, he had the Michigan game. He's had other stuff in the regular season, but there's something different about a conference championship and a postseason game right. uh, at a neutral site, and he was able to, to get the team together. And that just – Chase Young and that defensive front um, in their second half, I, Wisconsin couldn't run the ball, mm-hmm. and that's why I think Wisconsin was able to get back in the game. Wisconsin wanted to run the clock out. just was not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, this is huge for Coach Day because not not a lot of people believed in him going no. into the season. So, I mean, twelve and zero with the conference, or thirteen and zero with a conference championship is a it's a really nice start. We'll see what he can do going from here. Uh, back to Atlanta, LSU, Georgia. What a great game! If you hate the dogs like I do, <laughs> this is just Georgia has played the same season since they hired Mark Richt. It's yeah, been twenty literally. years. Um, they can't get over the hump, and it is the most hilarious thing in the world. LSU came out and throttled them. It, after three quarters, I think it was like 34-3, to three, um, and then yep. you know, final score 37-10. to 10. Georgia sucked. And at, bigger story, though, is Joe Burrow and LSU. This is one of the best college football t- teams I've seen since the Saban era started, so in the last 10 years. 
This is one of the best college football teams I've ever seen. Absolutely. I mean, they're on the throw on the run that Joe Burrow had, I think it was second quarter, third quarter, middle of the game. Just like, what are you? They put it on a dime, and I just couldn't believe it. It's just a took Heisman my breath away. Right I mean, he didn't need a Heisman moment, but he had like three of them in this <laughs> game, I think. And it's like, he's gonna, I, I think he's going to run away with it at this oh, point. Yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, LSU imposed their will again and, and made the better case to be, you know, the, the, the top ranked team. Yeah. Joe Burrow, just short of 350 yards passing, four touchdowns in the air. His past three games, he's had 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's nuts. I mean, he's, he's a human cheat code right now. Yeah. Um, and he is legitimately moving himself up the draft board where the Bengals might have to seriously consider taking him at one. I think, especially if you're the Bengals, you need a quarterback. It's not like, obviously, Chase Young, he might be the better, like, just on-paper player. But for the position, I don't know if they can pass up on a Joe Burrow. Yeah. The way that he's been playing and leading this team, the Bengals need something like that. I mean, it reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield, who just shot uh-oh, up. Uh-oh. Shot, hold on. He shot up the NFL draft board, and he's got that swagger and charisma that people look for in a quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Burrow's got... He's uh, some more professionalism than I Baker, agree with though. That. I think I think I think Burrow is. I think he's got a, the similar swagger and confidence, and he. I mean, he's got. I just. He's got the frame. He's got everything else, and I think you're talking about Cincinnati. You know, he's from Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Come back to Ohio. Be the be the be the savior like of a Bengals franchise that needs a quarterback for three decades. Yeah. So also, quick shout out to the video of Joe Burrow on Senior Day. If you've not seen it, you got to look it up on Twitter or YouTube or something. The camera with a beautiful like foul be yeah. behind Joe Burrow running out into the stadium, really, really good. I yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm impressed with the kid all the time. Um, so look forward to their Oklahoma. So that's what is that? They're in the Chick Fil A Bowl. So back back to Atlanta for LSU. Um, one more conference championship, or I guess we can touch on the Big Twelve one as well. <laughs> the ACC, they suck. Like shame on the ACC. Figure it out. You're a college football conference, and your second-best team is Virginia, who can put up 17 points against a not-a-great-Clemson defense. Clemson won this game 62-17. to They cakewalk back into the college football playoff. Their hardest game this season was against Virginia last weekend. It is it's, it was so brutal to watch. Like the, I watched the Virginia-Virginia Tech game last weekend. That was an awesome game in Charlottesville. Um, Virginia legged that one out at the end with a pick six to end it. But they're not good. They're just better than the rest of the shit that lives in the in the Coastal Conference. We're going to have to put that on a recording. They're not good because if they come out, you don't know them against a good team yet. Who, you Clemson? know them against bad teams, yeah. yeah. So like they haven't been tested, which obviously is going to hurt them a little bit. But once they are tested, if they're ready for it, I'm not. I'm not buying this negativity for Clemson. They they came out in a conference championship. Sure, Virginia has no Utah or other like good conference team, but they've been murdering teams. It's not. They've been murdering teams. It's not about Clemson for me. It's about the ACC, and it's the fact that they play in the ACC, which is just you won't find well, you won't find a Power Five conference that even remotely mirrors how bad those teams are. And and I think you're going to see that in the first round playoff matchup. Yeah. I think like Ohio State's going to come out of the gu- come out of the gates and they're going to try to smack Clemson in the mouth because Clemson hasn't had that out of the gates all year. They haven't had that and if they can rattle them early, like if I think if Ohio State jumps out to a quick lead, could be in trouble for Clemson. Like that's where I think they could be really in trouble. They have to play from behind. They don't know what the, I mean, it, the North Carolina game was pretty close early in the season and then the, I mean that's pretty Can't much call it. this game close. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, I mean, they haven't been tested in in that kind of sense. And there is people left over from Alabama last year who played in a ch- national championship game, but you you can't play thirteen cakewalks and then just turn it on. I don't think. I think it's gonna be hard. Ready for Ohio State? Like, I, I mean, that Ohio State team is gonna be. Yeah, they're really good. They're this close from being the number one team in the country. They're yeah. a Joe Burrow away. You know. And, I mean, we can touch on the Big 12 game or Big 12 championship, but we watched pretty much the same game a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, literally. Great, <laughs> great, a great game, but I'm just not super convinced about this Oklahoma team having a chance to beat uh, LSU. I'm excited because I, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points, but I don't know if Oklahoma's got the defense to just even once stop LSU. I don't think they do either. They have the offense. We've seen that. Uh, they've finished games, which is 
you know, they, encouraging. Yeah, it's encouraging because one, they haven't been able to blow teams out as much as they have in the past, especially earlier in the season. But the games that they've been close in, it was a one-possession game against Baylor in the championship. They won that. Two-possession against their rival, Oklahoma State. Uh, They won that three-point game against Baylor earlier. So they've won these close games. I don't know if that's going to hurt them, that they can't get that next possession to you know put teams away. But the fact that they can show up in the fourth quarter means something. Yeah, I think one of the things that is underrated about Oklahoma, I don't think they've got a great shot against LSU, obviously. <laughs> I yeah. think they're I'll agree with that. I one. think their defense is way, way improved. Something that's underrated is, you know, Jalen Hurts has played in a college football playoff before. Mm-hmm. Um he's a quarterback who's been there. Um and Trevor Lawrence obviously has that under his belt too, but it's I think it's something that can't go can't go unnoticed at least going in there with a team that was just there, a lot of guys c- coming back, and and a pretty hungry team that, that's hearing a lot of a lot of doubt going into a game. Obviously, a dangerous thing, but I think LSU is just too good. Well, I mean, if the, you can say two things about Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley is one of the best coaches in the game right now, and Jalen Hurts is probably the most experienced player in college football right now. So, you know, add that up against a guy who's never been in the playoff, like Joe Burrow and Coach O, and we'll see what happens. What's up? How about Jalen Hurts? Before him, Kyler Murray. Before him, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, quarterback whisperer of the century. I mean, I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, I want Lincoln Riley to make the jump and come coach the Falcons. But <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's move on to uh, bowl games. Let's, we'll start with the Hoosiers, I guess. Very excited. This is, I mean, obviously, if I'm being a selfish fan, I would have preferred to go to Nashville so I could have had a fun weekend. But the Gator Bowl is way more prestigious than the Music City Bowl. Um, you're playing against a Tennessee team that is not great, but definitely on an up and up uh, now with Jeremy Pruitt in his second year. So you got to be excited about that. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm just really excited that Tom Allen got this seven-year extension. You know, you finally feel like, well, maybe our athletic department cares about this football program and how uh, yeah, they do. how it's been. You saw, I think it was Saturday, the amount of recruits that signed here. Um, Twitter was blowing up. And breaking news, Steven Strasburg and the Washington Nationals yeah, just that. agreed on a deal. Wow. Um, <laughs> that makes you mad. Breaking news on the podcast that you won't hear till tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, IU, 8-4 and four season, playing an SEC, a middle, a middle caliber SEC team, um, in a Florida Bowl game after New Year's. If you had told me that's what we'd be doing in August, I'd sign up for that. And it's a it's the only game of the night. There's no NFL games. There's that's the only bowl game going on. So all eyes are gonna be on the Hoosiers. ESPN has it at about fifty fifty. I think they have like a two percent edge to Tennessee. Them in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Um so it's it's gonna be a really close game. The thing about Indiana that I'm two things that I'm looking forward to. One, Tom Allen, of course, we see this week after week, but for him to get back in a bowl game, for him to get to a bowl game, it's going to be special, and I th- cannot wait to see what energy his guys come out with because I'm sure Tom Allen will give some miraculous speech before the game and, and just energize his players against Tennessee. And two, this team is as healthy as it's going to get this season. Mm-hmm. You know, you lost Coy Cronk earlier in the year, but he was gone for the season. You lost Penix, but he was gone for the season, so you had no chance to get them back. But then you got Wap Fillier back, Stevie Scott's back, Peyton Ramsey's playing very, very well. I like the way that the direction is going for the Hoosiers. It's going to be a tough test. Tennessee's hot right now. They've won five straight. But, you know, Indiana's they're going to come out firing. It's the first bowl game since 2016. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think everyone on the team, I think we got a – Tom Allen mentioned it. You know, we got a lot of players from the southeast, from Florida. Yeah, it's also not a Huge deal for them to go home. Tom Allen has Florida roots. Like, huge deal for him to go home. I think it's going to be a lot. There's There's – Plenty of all the motivation in the world. I mean, outside of just being the bowl game and the first bowl game in a while, there's plenty of other reasons to be uh, optimistic, optimistic, and hungry as a as a Hoosier. And I think uh, if there's a guy to, to to connect with that, it's it's Coach Allen. Other big bowl games. We we went through the playoff already, but I'll uh, say it again. So in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, we got number four Oklahoma versus number one LSU. And in the Fiesta Bowl, and uh, where the Cardinals play in Arizona, we got Clemson and Ohio State. New Year's Six Bowls, which intrigue the shit out of me. Of course, Georgia Baylor in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, which is just going to be awesome if Georgia decides to show up. 
Uh, Wisconsin, Oregon in the Rose Bowl. That just feels like a classic Rose Bowl. You <laughs> say those two teams. Uh, and then Orange Bowl, Florida versus Virginia. I don't think this should be super challenging yeah, for the Gators. You guys kind of got lucky. Uh, and then the Cotton Bowl, at-large bid versus at-large bid. You got Memphis versus Penn State, so that could be another very high-scoring game. Uh, anything you guys want to touch on with the New Year's Six Bowl games? Any matchups that you like? I would have much preferred a Penn State-Florida matchup. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think it would have been better. I than... think that would have been a lot better. But uh, aside from that, I think obviously Penn State and, and Florida got, got a little bit easier matchups than if they had to play each other probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Wisco-Oregon, like you said, classic matchup. I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, I was going to mention that one. one. Oregon looks good right now. Wisconsin, even though they lost, they also look good. So I think... Both of those teams are are going to be ready for it, and it's the Rose Bowl. It's obviously they didn't get to the top four, whatever. But the Rose Bowl for Big Ten and Pac-12 teams, it's the next best. Yeah, thing. I mean, for for me, I just remember if, like from my childhood, it was always either Wisconsin, Oregon, or TCU playing in the Rose Bowl, and this just this just feels right. Throwing a Stanford in there, yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, other bowl games that like stick out. Obviously, you got the Gator Bowl where the Hoosiers are playing. Outback Bowl, Auburn, Minnesota. Both, uh, you know, you got a team that's finished strong versus a team that started strong. I still think Minnesota is very good, but that, I mean, that on January first in Tampa, I think that's going to be a great game. Um, Michigan, Alabama, obviously in the Citrus Bowl. Both these teams kind of disappointing seasons, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Illinois, out of nowhere, going to a very decent California Bowl in the Red Box Bowl against Cal. They can win that game. Uh, too. Yeah, you want to talk about the yeah. line? I. I mean, um, a half a second. Yeah, there's not too much to talk about. Lovey Smith's still their head coach. They're really there because they beat uh, Wisconsin. But you know, look at Wisconsin now. So I don't. That's a that's a very good win for Illinois. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This football program sucks. So for them to get here, it's it's impressive. Uh, Notre Dame versus Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl, uh, same place they play the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. What's I mean? Let's. I want to talk about Notre Dame just because they they intrigue me. If you're Brian Kelly, what do you? I mean, Brian Kelly obviously wants to say I should ask. If you're Notre Dame, what do you do? This, I mean, you you have an image of yourself as a national nationally dominant program. They get off easy every year because they really don't play anybody that challenging outside of Michigan um, or USC. I guess if USC is good, what what do you do? This is I mean, obviously you're not trying to play in the camping world bowl. No, I mean it's not what Notre Dame wants. I think for Notre Dame, um Kelly's still the guy. I think he represents the program well. Um they're still recruiting well, they're still doing what they have to do. I think Notre Dame administration realizes that it's tough the position they're in because they basically have to go undefeated at this point. Um yeah. or be really, really dominant and have a close loss to, you know, a Florida State or a Clemson or whatever ACC team Georgia they play this year. year. Yeah, but Georgia this they, year. so this year they played two tough teams. They went to Athens and lost to Georgia, and they went to Ann Arbor and got crushed by Michigan. Every Their next toughest game was Virginia or Navy. Like, that's just... You're, I mean, you go ten and two with that schedule. That's pathetic. Well, they're not. They're not going to join a conference. No, I know, and that's so, the worst part. Exactly. It's just going to be repeats of similar schedules to this. Maybe add in another ranked game, but even then, like it's going to be pretty much this. And like Sam said, they're just going to be banking on going undefeated or just having a one loss season, and hopefully, the other conferences screw up too. So maybe they can sneak into that four spot. I think Kelly's in a super super similar situation to Harbaugh. Like I think it's. For, I think Kelly needs to – Brian Kelly would be a great NFL coach. So do I. Um, I think he'd be a great oppor- – I think this offseason has some of your more attractive jobs too, probably, opening up, um, if yeah, Dallas, especially if Dallas opens up. So you never know. But I think Harbaugh and Kelly are both in very similar situations with their program where the program probably can't do any better than them, but the program also wants more, and they're probably getting sick of the, sick of the pressure. Is still out there. Uh, yeah, Utah, yep. Texas in the Alamo Bowl. That'll be a great one. Utah's great defense. Good Texas. Is Texas good, good anymore? Eh, they think they are. Well, they, they, they had a very, they, they had a very up and down season. I think they finished eight and four, nine and three. Um, one more game or two more games that I really like. Speaking of USC, USC is playing Iowa in the Holiday Bowl, but USC decided to hang on to Clay Helton. After yeah. there were reports that he was going to be fired or let go, whatever word you want to use, 
Um, I had thought I've been saying it on this podcast for months that I thought Urban Meyer was like already the next head coach of USC. This was a really surprising move for me. Um, I thought I it's not that I have anything against Clay Helton. I actually do think he's an excellent leader of men. I don't know if he's a great head coach, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. But I, like there are big names out there to be had, and you're the University of Southern California. Why would you decide to stick with Clay Helton unless I mean they they know something I don't obviously. I mean the USC Trojans they've not been good in since Matt Barkley maybe. No, I mean they had the Darnell year. Oh yeah, Darnell, that's right. Um, but it's been very inconsistent since then. They need a guy that will stay there for a while. I think that's what they're trying to build with Helton, and he needs to, you know, get comfortable with the players and the staff. And you know, like you said, he's he's a good leader. He's inspirational. People want to play for him. So he's got that going from Urban Meyer. Ten times better X's and O's, but the leadership I think uh, Helton does a good job. Room. Yeah, I I don't know if Clay Helton's the answer. I think USC is trying to just have some stability for a minute, and they think Helton's good enough. I think the realistically, I think if they could have had Urban Meyer, I think it probably would have happened. Yeah, I think Urban maybe yeah is looking elsewhere or maybe taking another year off. Who knows. Um, I think he seems comfortable behind the booth. He enjoys being there. So. I think he loves being on the herd too as a guest host. I, yeah. well, a I guest just, uh, speaker. Yeah. I just remember after his first retirement that he was. I, he looked miserable on camera. He looks way more comfortable he loves this time around. Like he is enjoying himself. And the last game, the game doesn't really interest me, but Texas A and M Oklahoma State, Mike Gundy versus Jimbo Fisher is just an electric coaching <laughs> matchup. Yeah, that'll be so, good. I'm excited. Hey, wait, where's about our that? guy? Uh, um, uh, Herm? Herm playing. Uh, what, is, what are they doing? Uh, Arizona State's in Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. Oh, and they're playing Florida State. So yeah. oh. Herm gets to go up against those boys. Uh, it'll uh, be exciting. Oh, and if you, I just got to give a shout-out since I'm on. Uh, Wyoming, Georgia State in the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Um, check out the Cowboys. They've had an up-and-down season, but I think they're going to beat Georgia State. Yeah, Georgia State's a decent program. They play in Turner, well, what used to be Turner Field where the Braves used to play. They repurposed it to the football stadium, but shout out the Georgia State Panthers. Um, let's move to college football, or uh, sorry, uh, professional football, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. You want to start? You want to? You played I'll first. Start, yeah, you start. Thursday night. I mean, it was a win, so I'll definitely start. Um, <laughs> you know, the Bears played well. They, the Mitch Trubisky had a good game at quarterback. They beat the Cowboys thirty-one to twenty-four on Thursday night. Three touchdowns, two hundred forty-four passing yards, one interception. That was godly bad it was in uh, the close to the end zone but besides that it's a lot of improvement and that's what we wanted to see from Mitch you know I'm not expecting him to be like a Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes off the off the like cup he needs some time to do so so I think this game was a great stepping stepping point to that and you know the defense played well enough David Montgomery looked tough because you know the Bears offensive line it's bottom 10 in the NFL. So for him to get 86 yards and earn them is very impressive. This Bears team's good. Also, this Cowboys team is not good. That's what I wanted to touch on. I, I was very proud of, of your Bears this weekend. Thank you. But what really stuck out to me and just the NFC uh, East in general, who wants to win that division? Like, this is it's brutal. And the Cowboys suck. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're really bad. Yeah, I mean, I was happy to see the Bears win. Yeah, you're welcome, um, Sam. I, I was I was super excited to keep us alive in the East. Um, we're kind of all going backwards at this point. <laughs> um, I think the Bears looked really good. I think, unfortunately, the North is record wise really good. I yeah. think the Packers aren't as good as their record says, and I think the Vikings are are as good as the record says probably. Um, I think it's gonna be really hard for you guys to find a path in. But Do you he looked a lot better. Now? He looked a lot better. I think Trubisky is. Coming along, I don't think it's dead necessarily. I don't know if he is is the guy, but I don't think he's done in the NFL, and I think there's there's ways to make it work with him, um, and I think that was evidence there. But the Cowboys are not good. That's uh, what I was going to say about Trubisky. Like I think he has now in the last the way he's played in the last couple of weeks. I think he has bought himself another chance. Yeah. With this team, um, but obviously, like we said a couple of weeks ago when we were previewing the end of the season. You still have to play in the frozen tundra against the Chiefs and at the Vikings. Like those are three very tough games, um, so that'll, that'll really test them. 
You got any other thoughts on the Bears? Nagy. Even, even I mean, Nagy, he's been fine the whole season. I think he just hasn't had a good quarterback to work with, and the game that he did, he was fine. So even if Trubisky isn't the quarterback for the future, at least get him some good trade value so something can happen. He's already won an NFC North uh, regular season title, so he's already got that under his belt. He's shown that he can be good, if not great. Mm-hmm. It just needs that. to be consistent, and I think this is one step towards that. Um, also for the Cowboys, just switching past one last time, Jason Garrett needs to go. Jerry Jones needs to stop being GM. We talked about this uh, like two or three days ago. I, I, a, I don't think Jason Garrett is a good coach, so you can put some of the blame on him for that. But Jerry Jones leads such a, such a toxic environment. It's like it's like Soviet Russia in the Cowboys. Like you can't, you don't know what to say, and if you're allowed to say it, and if you're allowed to do this or that, you're the owner. Own the team, give them money, and step out and let professionals handle it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's a you're constantly looking over your shoulder with it, and I don't think that's the way to, you want to be running your organization, especially with players that are very de- you know their confidence are already pretty dependent on their performance a lot of the times. You know, coaches that doesn't feel good to get doubted with every play call when you're the decision maker. And um, for me, watching that game, I think I think. Not positive, but I think the Cowboys have quit on Jason Garrett, yeah. or at least 80% of the locker room. Yeah, it looks like um, it. There was times where you were just looking at dudes on that defense, I think particularly uh, Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence, and it just looked like they were spaced out. Like They were just checked out on the season. They, are pr- I think they know in Dallas a new new guy's coming, yeah. and I, I'm curious to see who it will be. But like, if you're a new guy and you're, you know, Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer, one of those, like, it's all about me, I do what I want. If you're one of those guys. You don't work. Why would, yeah, how would you come to Dallas and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to gel really well with Jerry Jones? You'd get a big paycheck, but that's about it. You can't, Jerry Jones is a guy that you need a head coach underneath them that will listen. And Jason Garrett did a fine job with that. It was just the football stuff he wasn't always great with. Well, that's so, why he was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years, because he listened to what exactly. Jerry Jones said. Exactly, and Jerry said. Jones liked him. He was yeah. a second-hand man. Not anymore, though, because they can't win, obviously, and Jerry Jones is getting kicked off radio stations. Yeah, I think I think the Cowboys are not. I think somehow the Cowboys are in a fine place, because they can still make the playoffs, so they just got to win. Um, yeah, really. And, and They're still hope, in it. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see if the Cowboys make the playoffs, and then if Jason Garrett. I think, I think he's probably out either way, so... But if they get to the playoffs, they get a home playoff game, they get a win, Anything what do you do? Happen. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. It's tough to fire the coach under that circumstance, but they need to. They need some. They need something to change. All right. As an Eagles fan, here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk about last week. I want you to be vulnerable about it. <laughs> and then I want you to preview tonight against the Giants. Um, Miami was awful. Um, we looked, I mean, we looked good for a minute. Um, got out to a good lead. Um, and just... It just hit the fan, basically. Um, I was lucky enough to be flying back to Indiana during it, so <laughs> I missed the second half. Um, I left when we were still up two touchdowns in the second half, actually, and I landed and saw that we lost, and I was like, the damn Dolphins. That's, how, like, that's what? a tough plane ride to be so, um So I got to be honest, it was a tough week. It was a tough week. Um, talked to some Philly fans, and we had some very real conversations on wh- whether we'd just rather lose out and get a better draft pick. Or or what? But the Cowboys gave us hope on Thursday and lost again. So I think obviously I got to be like, yeah, let's let's try to make the playoffs. So I'm ready for tonight against the Giants. Monday night, Saquon. I don't feel supremely confident by any means. We lost the Dolphins last week. So <laughs> yeah, but the Giants are somehow worse than the Dolphins. I don't even know if I, can I say think that. I think they are. I think the Dolphins play really hard. They just yeah. like I don't I know what said, it is. And you laughed this. me off the podcast. Well, Brian Flores is going to win coach of the year. I'm still laughing at that. There's no way he's going to he win coach of the year. He is going to win coach he of the year. He can win it in 2 years. This team, still, this team still stinks. They play well, but yeah, this team. I, I'm. Just, he impresses me so he, much. He should be like an honor medal mention coach. Yeah. Of the year. Yeah. He coaches the hardest for sure. Yeah, that's that should be the sure. second award. The fact that his players still want to play for him right. is a miracle, and especially at the beginning of the season yeah. when that was a shitstorm. It well, was more than that. They can win. Uh, they can lose a game by less than thirty points in the beginning of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I thought Miami was going to be an easy win, so um, <laughs> that was frustrating for sure. All right, so rest of the, you guys control your own destiny. Oh yeah. So you got two against the Giants, one against the Redskins, and one against the Cowboys. Those are four winnable games. Oh yeah, I mean, our division is bad. We've got a lot. We benefited with the the NFL doing the late divisional games on the schedule. We got a lot of chances to make up ground in our division. I'm not too worried about the Redskins. Um, they look really pretty pretty bad. Um, the Giants are the team that scares me a little bit, mainly tonight, not later, not in the last week of the season. Okay. Um, they scare me tonight because it's Saquon in prime time and Eli's suiting up for him. And I yeah. just, there's something, you know, with sports, like Eli, he might, probably won't play another game this season if Daniel Jones gets healthy, but he could come out and throw for like 250 yards, three touchdowns, and it would not surprise me in the slightest yeah. because our secondary could just not show up. So, I mean... Ryan Fitzpatrick just shredded us. So right. he had he had a Fitzmagic game last week, and it was it was really fun to watch. Thirty seven points. Yeah, yeah. The so, I mean, well, the Eagles' defense is really, really problematic. The this the back end has been really problematic. Yeah. I mean, our front our front our front seven's been fantastic, but you can only do so much. Yeah. Um, when when and when the offense isn't isn't doing it, and and they just we we have been so good defensively for the last couple of weeks, and then of course the Dolphins' offense shows up, and the defense has a tough time going on the road. So, you know, that's how it goes. I think we do get it done against the Giants tonight, but I wouldn't I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. All right. Falcons, Panthers yesterday. It's just I don't I don't enjoy I mean, forty points is it should make me happy. I just am sad. Like I've I've watched this team now a couple times. Three out of three three wins in the last four weeks. Um and or three wins in the last five weeks actually. Like this team went from beating the Saints in New Orleans, beating the Panthers in Carolina, and then you come home the week later and lose by thirteen to the Buccaneers. Like it's such a schizophrenic football team. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I said, I guess it was our last show before Thanksgiving break. I was like, the Falcons may win out and finish. Yeah, you did say that. That was also your overreaction, though. It would have been nine and seven if we had won out from that point. Um, they they have to play the 49ers next week, which should be a truly hilarious football game. Um, Niners are good. They're really, Whew. really good. But, like, this this just proves I, I think Dan Quinn's going to get fired. I think. I'm not positive yet. I think he's going to. Matt Ryan has proved that he's still very capable of playing quarterback on a professional level. And people who disagree with that are I just obviously don't watch the Falcons. Um, Devontae Freeman, it's the offense is dynamic. You know, it's going to be, this defense needs to be addressed and hopefully with a top five draft pick, top eight draft pick, go and get a guy like Derek Brown from Auburn and fill a hole on the defensive line or a cornerback preferably, but a wash of a season for sure. But the team's got enough talent where they could legitimately go and make the playoffs next year. They they do. And I want to talk about the other side just for a second. Carolina has lost it. Oh, yeah. Ron uh, Rivera got fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a good coach, but I think his voice got a little stale. So I'm not too surprised by that. But they started 5 and 3. They're 5 and 8 right now. And they cannot beat you guys. No offense. No, it's fine. They can't beat. <laughs> uh, they lost to Washington last week. They're they're playing teams that they should beat and like could get into find the way. Well, they're behind the Saints, but. Like just at least get a positive record. And they're not doing anything close to that. Well, the Kyle Allen pipe dream is as been disproved yeah the Ky- yeah. kyle allen thing came crashing down and i think you can only ride christian mccaffrey for so long yeah you know and he's still doing doing a great great work but it's hard to win games hard to score 40 points for sure only running the ball and now that allen's been figured out a little bit it's hard harder to get him to him in the past game harder to open up lanes and teams can just key in on it so what do you do if you're the panthers do you try what next season game game day or of uh, opening day starter Will Greer? Um, maybe. I think Will Greer or I think Cam's gonna get, you know, released. Or, I, yeah, I or they could try to figure out a trade with him. I don't I, think he's got great value. I don't no. think Cam's got a future in the NFL, to be honest with you. Um holy crap, he got a lot of money. Seven years, two hundred forty five million. Strasburg? Yeah. Um no I, more Rendon. Yeah, I just I don't think Cam. I've, I've, I've said it all 
Every show we've had, we talked about Cam. I'll say it again. He has a noodle arm, and he's not athletic anymore, and he's been injured since 2015. He does not have a noodle arm. He does have a noodle arm. His his passing arm is not impressive. His his arm has gone down as the, because as of the, the injuries. Is, yeah, exactly. The injuries. I mean, but it doesn't mean his arm hasn't gone down. I mean, I don't want to have. I don't want to put Cam get back yeah, in the pocket. Yeah. His his thing is that he can run the ball and throw the and he used to be able to throw the ball really really well and I think he throws the ball average now and he doesn't run the ball as much. And if your you team know, needs a quarterback next year, are you signing Cam Newton? I might have to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean that might be a very uh, real decision. No, I can't. Yeah, I can't. What well, I want to, but I can't. Yeah, I think I think Cam's got limited time. I think there's places he could make it work, but I think it's gonna be tough for him. Uh, Ravens, Bills. Ravens are really good. Mm-hmm. Bills are also, I think, really good. Yeah, I don't like how the Bills are good. For some reason, just something like I don't, I don't want to believe they're good because I feel like if I get on the train of the Bills or the Bills wagon, <laughs> they're gonna just like dump me off in the playoffs and have a horrible game. I, I enjoy watching them play. I enjoy, well, the Ravens. I just I, I'm so skeptical. Are, I am just so intrigued by them, but the I, the Bills are building something. They're not there yet. They're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Right. But they have the st- uh, the pieces in place to build something in Western New York. I mean, I'm very much ready to hop on the Bills wagon. Yeah. You know, the, if if this this Philly dream ends ends here this tonight or next week or whatever, like I'm very ready to hop on the Bills bandwagon for the playoffs. I think that would be electric. Josh Allen, he's look. Josh Allen is legit. He's a starter. Uh, but I mean, we we have to talk about Lamar Jackson. We have to talk about this Ravens team, one of the best defenses in the uh, in the country in the league, um, and one of probably the best offense in the league on a week to week basis. And you have the most dynamic player in football right now. So how do you not say confidently that this team is going to the Super Bowl this year? I think what what are there? What do you see are holes? At times, like you're, you're gonna hate me for saying this, and I'm probably statistically wrong on this, but the offense looks a little, like they had, did not look great last game against a good Bills defense. Yes, but they they did not look great. The reason they won against the Bills was their defense. That was the part that carried them. The offense they didn't look bad, but you know they didn't look the same way that they looked against the Texans and the Rams when they put up 40 points. That, but that's so I agree with that. So they went. Three weeks in a row, scored 49 against the Bengals, 41 against the Texans, 45 against the Rams, and just blew teams out. Yeah. But then when they needed to get down and gritty, they came in, battled, and beat the 49ers 20-17, to and then battled and beat the Bills 24-17. to So they can play different types of football exactly. and still get the job done, which is a mark of a very good team. I think I think they're the most complete team without a doubt in the AFC. I think that's kind of the the knock on the AFC is they've got really good teams. I mean, elite units, Patriots defense, uh, Ravens offense, Chiefs offense, that kind of stuff. But the counterparts of those aren't as good. The Ravens are one where the counterpart is almost equally as good, if not better, some yeah. nights. So I think the Ravens. There's not a lot stopping them in the AFC. Um, I think if you run into a Pat Mahomes though, on a on the wrong day. <laughs> He will eat you up. And I think if you run into the Patriots defense and Tom Brady on the wrong day in the playoffs, obviously that can happen. After this week, I don't know if the Patriots are there. Yeah, I want to I want to get to the Patriots, but I want no, yeah. to first go to the game of the season. Um, 49ers Saints was unbelievable. Love that the Saints lost. But 48 to 46 in the Superdome against the be- with the best defense in the nation playing. Um the 49ers are legit. You got to th- you got to think if we yeah. see Ravens 49ers in the in the Super Bowl again, it, I mean it's going to be it's going to be a great year. It's what it feels like. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that's sure that's definitely what it feels like. I think uh they're I mean the Niners are just they're really good. I thought that play that I think it was Mostert's first touchdown where they ran like three different misdirections yeah. and and ju- uh fullback Jusic uh pitched the ball out I think to Mostert and then went for a touchdown. I was like it was in that the same way for Sean Payton. That was just a class on play design. Like, wow, some of the plays you saw ran in that yeah. play. It was just well, like Shanahan versus Sean Payton is like the two of the top minds in the sport, and you're just like watching them like, just like painting on this football field. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? The defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, I I can picture his yeah, face. Yeah, like Rob something. He's going to be a head coach next year. I don't know where. 
but he is going to find himself a head coaching job. Rob Rob Saleh. Yeah, Sa- yeah, Saleh. Um, he is going to be head coach. I like him a lot. And Shanahan, what's so interesting to me, watching him be an offensive coordinator for the Falcons for two years, it was just this pass-heavy offense, and now transitioning to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. He's just a smart guy and knows what pieces do what for him. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's able to just move things around so well. And I think this uh, this offense looks a lot like what you saw with Shanahan uh, when he was working with his dad in D.C. is with all that misdirection. It looks really, outside of not having Robert Griffin back there, looks really reminiscent of some of that full house package stuff that they like to do. And he's got Emmanuel Sanders involved now. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because the past Speedy. four games, he's been absent. All of a sudden, he comes out seven receptions, 150-plus yards, touchdown. Even he threw a ball for 35 yards. So he's he's using his players, like you said, where they should be. And Sanders, he was absent a couple of weeks ago. He's he's back now, and he's a big part. Because the 49ers, they do have a great defense. Didn't show against the Saints, but that's when the offense comes in. That's yeah. when a complete team can overcome that stuff, and that's what they did. And I was just going to say, I think, an incredible midseason acquisition for the 49ers. Just, I mean, a leader and, right. you know, still a great football player. Also, Robbie Gould made a field goal, so that's got to hurt for Bears fans. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> you that are up. welcome. Uh, quickly, Drew Locke, maybe quarterback of the future with the Broncos. The Broncos are 5-8, and eight, sneakily having an okay season for a really not good team. Yeah, I think Drew Locke is good. Yeah, I, I like what I see from him. I agree. I think that the, I don't know how they went up so much. I think the it was like Texans are so to confusing. They're so yeah, confusing. It, I think it was at thirty at half. Yeah, it was. It was thirty-eight to three. At Thirty-one one point. to three at half, and it might have been thirty-eight to three. It was. That might sound right. Uh, the Chargers dismantled the Jags. Titans are maybe pushing their way back in the playoffs. They're eight and five. Ryan Tannehill has completely changed the dynamic of that uh, of that football team. The Raiders are regressing back to the mean. Um, Steelers went on the road. Chiefs, Patriots. The Patriots are in trouble. I, I don't want to say it because everyone says it all the time. And when you say they're in trouble, that's when they go out and win a Super Bowl. But they haven't scored in the last like five weeks. It's yeah. just not happening. The offense, look, I mean, they were getting booed at home. I mean, that's not something that I would ever do to a 10 win team, probably. Yeah. But I don't know. If the team wasn't moving the ball. If the, I mean, my team does move the ball like that sometimes, so I, I mean, I've definitely felt myself being pretty f- as frustrated as that. It'd be easier if we had ten wins, but it's hard to watch. The good news for them, it's their division to lose still um, for the, the next def- five years. Still, the bill, the Bills game in two weeks is going to be a fun one, assuming the Bills don't lose next week. But uh, this Chiefs team is getting back to looking more like the Chiefs team we remember from last year, uh, a little healthier, a little more. Their defense, is, their defense is all is better than last year too. I think a lot. I think their defense can keep them in some games a little bit yeah, more. I, th- I think earlier in the year, Keezer called them Swiss cheese. The defense, you just go right straight through it. Yeah, but there's been a difference between the early defense. Yeah, oh no, this is a completely different yeah, team. Yeah. This is a completely different team, and they've got the Broncos, he did call the Bears, Swiss cheese, right? and the Chargers. <laughs> so, and they're still they still control. Obviously, they control their destiny in the uh, NFC West, and then last are the AFC West. Um, last night, I was confusing. Uh, the, the Rams really decide on a week-to-week basis if they want to show up or not. Um, and the Seahawks said, besides the Ravens and the 49ers, been probably the best team in football this year. And then the Rams went out and completely dominated. And Sean McVay's kind of had the number of the Seahawks yeah. since he's come into the league. Um, we've seen. But Jared Goff looked good. Russell Wilson looked not as good, and Todd Gurley is kind of getting back to that form that we remember from the last couple of years. Yes, but not there yet. He's getting back. Getting back. 79 rushing yards, a touchdown for him. Uh, Goff played well. They controlled the game from start to finish. The Seahawks, I still would take them 9 out of 10 times against the Rams. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's it's a good start for the Rams to potentially get into that sixth spot. I, I like the Rams in the sixth spot. I think. I think I almost do, too. They're going to need some help, obviously, but the Vikings just look like they're fading quick. Um, and But the, the Rams have to play in Dallas, in San Francisco, and they, I'm going to play the Cardinals. But that's too tough. I mean, winning in Dallas is hard, even if Dallas is bad. 
Um, obviously, any road game in the NFL is tough, but that 49ers one is going to be really tough. I think the Rams got a really good shot. I think the, a lot of their problems on the offensive side were not golf. Um, the problems were up front. Mm, golf is golf is a quarterback that needs time, no doubt. But the offensive line is starting to figure it out. I think that's partly why you're seeing Gurley start picking up a little bit more. And obviously, they're just using him more too, which is a McVeigh thing or a Gurley thing or a training staff thing. Who knows? But I think the Rams, you know, they're in the Super Bowl. They're still a pretty dangerous team. Robert Woods is super dangerous outside. So is Cooper Cup. I think they're they're a tough team to 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 rule out. When Gurley runs the ball well, that raises Jared Goff by three notches. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, he's like one of the quarterbacks in the league, like three quarterbacks. I would, I would say Trubisky's in that group where if he's got a good running game, it makes a monumental difference. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the Rams are right there. Minnesota's 9-4 and four and the Rams are 8-5, and five, so they just need a little bit of help. Uh, quickly, before we get to segments, any NBA thoughts? The last couple weeks. The Bulls stink. The Hawks are bad too, but Trey Young is scoring thirty points, so I'm I'm fine. So We're gonna Pistons, get a good draft. The Pistons pick. are bad. Uh, um, I don't know. The, the Lakers are really good. Clippers are really good. Bucks are really good. Yeah, there's a lot of really. I'm, Bucks are on what a fourteen game win streak or something. Yeah, like that? something like that. This the the league this year is just so much more interesting to me than it's been in years past. Which is exciting. It's super interesting. The, the, the tough thing for me has been that the NFL's just been so damn good. Yeah. Like, and college yeah. football's been so damn good the last three weeks. Yeah. Like, it's been really hard to uh, have the NBA on. I had it on a lot the first couple of weeks, and then I've, I've missed out as college basketball's picked up too. Um, but the person that has kept me coming back uh, is Luca. I think he's been. He got unreal. fouled last night. I don't know if you saw the play, but they were down by two, and the, they were playing the Kings, and they were down all game. So. You know, you can't really blame the last play, but he was clearly fouled down to not called, and he was livid. And then he apologizes, like, I can't be that mean to the refs. I'm like, well, you were fouled. Like, you can be a little bit mean. Yeah, I mean, getting mad at NBA refs isn't anything new. He's still younger than me, I think. He is. He is. is. Um, College basketball, we'll just talk about IU. Great win against Florida State last week, and then you wet the bed against Wisconsin. I don't know what it is about going to Madison. They haven't won there since I was alive. Right. Yeah, the the cold center is tough, but Wisconsin's not tough this year. No, no. They're, not. they're not. They're not. They're not. Or at least not at this point in the season. They lost to Richmond, New Mexico. Like, these are not great teams. They did beat a good Marquette team, but, you know, it's just a different Wisconsin team. There's no Ethan Happ for the first time in five years. Uh, they don't really have, like, I don't know if I can say that because they showed them against Indiana, but I didn't <laughs> think they had great shooters or, like, drivers, but then all of a sudden Kobe King comes out scores 24 and just puts away Indiana. Yeah, I mean, we just got handled. Our defense just didn't make the trip to Wisconsin at all. (laughs) Um, Offense was pretty slow coming out the gates, too. So, super, super exciting week. I think we saw that our team, IU, the Hoosiers, are pretty pretty formidable this year. Um, Pretty disappointing end to it, realizing that, you know, the consistency is still maybe going to be oh, a struggle for the squad. T- yeah. Tomorrow night in the in Madison, uh, Madison Square Garden is going to be a big one oh, against yeah. UConn. Yeah, um, it's going to be really, you know, kind It'll of test yourself. I don't know much about that UConn team. They're um, good. They beat Florida earlier this year. I'm pretty sure they've beat another ranked team. Um, you can look real quick. Just bear with me. Oh yeah, I remember them beating podcasting. Florida. I mean, everyone's beating Florida though. Butler yeah. got Florida this weekend. <laughs> I think. Right, Justin. Yeah, yeah, they beat Miami. UConn beat Miami. Uh, St. Joseph. So, Buffalo team. Uh, they lost mm-hmm. to Xavier by one. Okay, the Xavier team's pretty good. Go Muskies. So, you know, tomorrow will be a big one, and it's the Jimmy V Classic. Everyone loves Jimmy V Classic. Oh yeah, I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be a good game. I think the thing that has impressed me, even in that loss, is just how far Devonte Green has come. Um, he obviously had a massive game today. That, that game against Florida State, he was hitting shots that. Nobody has any business making yeah. or shooting. For that. Yeah. And he's just running the pick and roll more effectively than we've really seen it run in quite some time uh, here. And I this think. team is going to be incrementally better when Rob Finnessy gets healthy as well. Yeah. We so, have no so, ball handler. Yeah. You could say Devontae Green, but he's a little too loose for it. Rob Finnessy, he's, he's that leader, ball handler, point guard. And Trace Jackson Davis is the real deal and has the potential to be an actual Hoosier and stay for a couple of years, if you get what I'm saying, Romeo. <laughs> Um, let's get to, uh, let's get to segments. Uh, Doug, a reaction league. I'm going to talk a little bit about the number three team in the college football playoff, the Clemson Tigers. Yes, they haven't played anyone, 
but is it really their fault that they're in the ACC? You know, in the past, the ACC has challenged them a little bit, obviously not to the extent of the SEC and Big Ten, but still a respectable schedule. They've been beating teams by 30-plus points this year, and I think the last four games they played has been by an average of 40. They're hot right now. They're playing very, very well. It's going to be a tough matchup against Ohio State, but Trevor Lawrence is still the quarterback that he was last year, just down a little bit, but he's still leading his team to an undefeated season. This Clemson team, they're not talked about enough. They're still good. You know, They'll be tested, and we'll see how good they are, but they deserve the credit. They're undefeated. <coughs> And then they won their conference champion. They they deserve it. Sam? Uh, my reaction of the week, uh, we talked about it already a little bit, but um, the Rams being out of it talk going into the yesterday, I think last night they pushed around a really good team. They were at home, but they pushed around a really good Seahawks team. Um, they were in the Super Bowl last year. Um, McVay's smart. Gurley's starting to come on. I think you cannot, you just can't rule out the Rams making – Making some noise if the, if they can get themselves in the playoffs. The playoffs is going to be the hard push, but I think once they're in, if they get a Cowboys or an Eagles first round, I would be really pretty pretty scared of them. Yeah, my overreaction of the week has to do with the Atlanta Braves. Um, in the last couple of weeks, re-sign Darren O'Day, go out and get Will Smith, who's widely considered to be one of the best bullpen guys in baseball right now. Resign Chris Martin, go get a guy, clubhouse guy, and a bat like Travis Darnell. And then you go out and get uh, Cole Hamels, who I've hated for 15 years, and now he's putting on the tomahawk. Go Cubs. Um, so I, 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 my overreaction is I still think the Braves are the best team in the National League East, talent-wise. Um, and that may be an overreaction. We'll see. I don't think they're done making moves. Liberty Media still owns the Braves, and they're still a bunch of cheap mother effers. But they've decided that they want to spend money a little bit this offseason. Um, so like I said a couple weeks ago, team decided to non-tender Julio Tehran, who's been the opening day starter eight seasons in a row. So that was a little sad, even though Tehran's not the player he used to be. But what really was kind of like a tearjerker for Braves fans and for me, uh, a couple days ago the Braves decided to let Charlie Culberson go, who's just been an unbelievable clubhouse guy for this team and one of the most clutch baseball players over the last couple of years, especially for this team. So uh, that was sad. Hopefully he gets a job. He's just been great for the team and for the city. But still think that this Braves team, their window is wide open. They have a, Because of how young the core is, there is plenty of time for this team to figure it out. They just got to get the pitching together. And the dirt cheap contract of LBs too is going to Yes, help sir. Mm-hmm. Seven years, mm-hmm. $35 million. Um, All right. You got to be nervous to see what the Phillies do, though, because uh, they I got a lot of money. I don't worry about the Phillies. They got a lot ever. of money. Um, how about uh, we didn't talk about this? How about the uh, Giants signing Gabe Kapler? He's an idiot, and the and you <laughs> got and a prestigious job like the San Francisco Giants. You're gonna go get Gabe Kapler? Uh, it's just dumb to me. Uh, Sam, why do you love sports this week? Uh, this week for me, um, obviously, I think everyone saw it on the college basketball games. Stuart Scott week on ESPN. Um, I think that's always something that's really cool for me. I actually was fortunate enough to get to meet Stuart um, during. Uh, his time here with us. I met him in Disneyland and got to sit down with him and he was just uh, everything you hear about. Super cool animated guy. Um, I'm really fortunate that I was able to meet him and pick his brain when I was in 5th grade, 6th grade Um, and yeah, um, just cool that they still emphasize his importance. I think he was probably an idol for all of us growing up. Um, Somebody I watch every night on SportsCenter and just you know uh, I that's why I enjoyed seeing that on on all week and and them pay tribute to to somebody really important. I was just gonna say, I mean, I, uh, besides like Vern Lundquist who did CBS Play by Play, Stuart Scott was like one of my idols growing up. Just the way he could call a highlight, no one else could do it like him, and he's so engaging on Sports Center sets, and it's just his story was so fantastic, and you know, obviously it's been I think five years now um but he i mean you can just you can tell the crater he left in in, on the world really um Mm. i i'm gonna go in a uh a different direction for a while of sports this week i love that lane kiffin's gonna be the next coach of Ole miss me too i I just like like, you couldn't find a better fit to go coach in the grove next year lane kiffin's gonna bring some swagger back to that team um, Matt Luke, not that Matt Luke was a bad head coach. 
He just didn't have like the it factor of being an SEC football coach, especially Ole Miss. Um, so I am excited for the uh, for the Hottie Toddy fans. It's probably going to take a year or two, but give Lane some time, stay out of trouble, and we could see Ole Miss back to being a really good program. Yeah, I think Kevin's still a good coach. I think he's got roots in Florida now. Yeah, um, did really well in his stint down there, and you know, we'll see. SEC is tough to break through. It's a crowded SEC. Know. Especially in the West. A lot, lot better coaches than Lane have failed there, and Lane's failed there himself too. So you never know. Yeah. But um, he's he's been good where he's been the last couple of years and seems to be staying out of trouble. <laughs> and uh, I think he, like you said, he's got the personality for an SEC job, though, and it's good to see him back at a, at a top job. All right, Doug. Well, I wish we did the show two days earlier for this one because at that time the DePaul Blue Demons basketball team was a perfect 9-0. Now they just lost to Buffalo, but that does not take away their wins against you know the team that made the national championship last year, Texas Tech, at Minnesota, at Boston College, at Iowa. These are teams that aren't great, but teams that DePaul is known to lose to. So for them to go 9-1, and to turn this program around, me being from Chicago, it's special to see that I'm about like 20 minutes away from the campus. The team's always been horrible, and it's weird because... Chicago produces such great high school talent in basketball that DePaul just whiffs on all of them. So a start like this, and they'll have a tough Big East schedule with Villanova and Xavier Butler, teams like that. But for now, 9-1, and one, the potential to be a great team and start recruiting some of those players that will just look at Duke and North Carolina and go there, maybe DePaul can start something. I agree. Um, I want to thank you, Sam, for hopping on this week. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was good to good to get on with you guys and talk a little bit. Um, appreciate it. Really Absolutely. Relieve some stress on the show. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. we got one more episode next week before we adjourn for the semester. Be sure to tune in for what looks like just another day in sports. I was walking down the street when out the corner of my eye I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man.